1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: The TalkSport Fan Network is
3: proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is
0: The goal, Chris Philly, Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment
1: for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2 Huddersfield Town.
0: Thank you.
2: Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve
0: Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town a promoter! Skipper Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend.
3: And he takes that chance! Hello and welcome back to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast this week. Uh, We're looking to the latest, again, down in HD1. Mark Fotheringham partakes in a little bit of yuck shaming. Uh, and there are two games for us to reflect on this week in Preston North End and Middlesbrough. The Middlesbrough game, according to an independent observer, was one of the most boring games they'd ever seen in their lives. And I say it must be the first time they've caught us in years, if that was uh, the, uh, the co- topic of conversation. Without that, uh, math, and if,
1: without, that Keith, without that Keith Downey was a big new Downey fellow. That's the yeah, one. He's just yeah, a, he's just a proper wind-up, mate. He's a Newcastle United <laughs> guy and everyone was just fighting, falling for it. But sorry to knock your intro there, mate. I just thought it was embarrassing. And people, Welcome back, mate. Like, uh, tam- it's been a while since you've ruined one of those. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Town fans are like, we're oh, oh, not asking for it anymore. and want to slag pulling off for using this bad chip on it. The game went half as bad as he said. He's the shit nah, I don't think so. Just because
3: has been I taken by
1: Saudi money, mate, and that is up to, like, fourth in the league and you know, we can't all be taken over by dirty cats. so yeah it's, it's funny our
3: moral it, it's, it is funny how morals morals go out the window isn't it when ah, pathetic, involved, mate, what a toss
1: it is what uh
3: right let's carry on with the intro if they can keep their eyes open <laughs> this week i've got the rhyming duo of pos and cause um right guys this episode as always is sponsored by magic rock brewing so thank you very much to magic rock for their continued sponsorship of the podcast and if you want to fancy something uh Coming up to Christmas now, isn't it? So if you fancy uh, a couple of things online, head to magicrockbrewing.com, use our code of A-H-T-T-C-10, and you'll get 10% off. And I think you get free delivery over, I think it's £45 now. So all in all, not too bad. Not too bad. And not too bad, I guess, is Middlesbrough nil, Huddersfield town nil. Uh, I think we should just get fired straight into this one. Um, Probably spend about 10 seconds on Preston because it's probably not worth the time. Um, But firstly, thanks to uh, the people that are currently watching as online at the minute. So good evening to everybody that's doing that. Uh Cosy, you were there at the Riverside. Um your thoughts on on the game, but take us through the the lineup because obviously I know you don't like talking tactics, a bit of a Mike Fotheringham there. I don't particularly like talking tactics, but there was a change in shape, wasn't there? We've gone from three five two to um I think Mike Fotheringham described it as more of a four three three, but it looked a little bit more four two three one with Ridoni, a bit more advanced. But I thought we looked a lot more comfortable in that shape. Uh, I thought defensively we, uh, barring the first 20 minutes where Middlesbrough really rattled us, didn't they? They came at us and ran out of steam quite quickly. Uh, but I think some of that is due to the shape that we held and defensively how obstinate we were um, going forward, going forward after that spell. Um, and all in all, not too bad, mate.
1: Yeah, well, good, uh, good performance, really. I well. it's really weird. I, obviously, I were on Radio Leeds again last night, but I my emotions were all over there. My emotions were all over the shop uh, last night because I wanted to. Yes, it's a solid point, and you know we stopped the rot. But I, I just couldn't help thinking that we'd missed a trick Matt, and and we've missed some big chances, and they were garbage. They were absolutely garbage. And and the, the the longer the game went on, the worse that Middlesbrough got. They couldn't even string any passes together second half. I feel it's two points dropped and. I was saying to Johnny because he hadn't interviewed following uh, at that point. I said he's going to come on after and say that. That's just a good point and, and a solid performance and we've something to build on. But I just couldn't help uh, looking up at them scores, mate. At the end when it flashed up on that scoreboard as we were walking out and seeing four goals scored by Blackpool, four goals scored by Old City, and I'm thinking we need to get some wins under his belt. it felt two points. I felt a bit down about it. And God, I've thrown a few things at you there, but. I think the the most disappointing thing for me about it was seeing as time waste. Someone come into pub uh, after me after the game and says, mate, says, it's the shittiest middle of a team that we've ever had for some time. We were absolute garbage. And there you are, time wasting in the last 10 minutes to grab your point. What are you doing? You're bottom of the league. And, you know, I just said, mate, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more with that. I'm thinking, "What? what are we doing? Let's go for it. Let's try and win the game. Maybe... Maybe that's why I'm not a coach, guys, and, and you know, not into the tactics and the safety point team. and this, that, and the other. But I just couldn't, I just thought it would have wasted a game against a poor team, a bit like Rotherham last week. And you know, we're going to come up against a lot of other teams than that. That one I want to win. And to see Nichols again pissing about, moving it from one side to the other, and then when the ball's going out of the play, the ball boy throws him it back and he deliberately drops it. Guys were at Middlesbrough. Like, let's use Fotherham's. Uh, Guys, we're at Middlesbrough away. We're Guys, absolutely lost. Listen, We're not Norwich. We're not at Sheffield United. And we will know when we're there, by the way, because we'll be picking them all out of our net a lot. So okay. I thought we were embarrassing that, to be honest, mate. But yeah, so I, I walked yeah. out of there a bit down and thinking, driving home, thinking, is, is that a good point? And, and my conclusion was, no, it's not, because they were rubbish.
3: Okay. Well, I'll I'll try and be the devil's advocate and work against that. Um I know you're saying it's not Sheffield United and Norwich and neither are we. That's the point, really. Um, just for some context, that's the first clean sheet we've kept away from home this season. It's our only our second point as well and it shows how diabolical we are away from home. Um, I take the point of what you're saying. Obviously, Town took the point, didn't they? I take the point of what you're saying. I thought Middlesbrough, after 20 minutes, were there to be beaten as well. Um, I felt like they ran out of ideas after 20 minutes and... On another day, uh, I want to talk about our striking options as well. Just after, but before we get into that, I thought Danny Ward should have scored twice. I thought he had two really good presentable opportunities. The first one, he should have got something on when Sauber Thomas uh, slid it across. How good was Sauber Thomas, by the way? I thought he was a, a very oh, good, a, a very good first yes. sixty. I think he I tailed it off best. a bit second half, but I thought first half he was he was excellent. Um, nah, I
1: thought the best player on both sides, mate, not just yeah,
3: I thought: Yeah, absolutely. I thought Sauber was back to something like. Um, which is great. great for us because we need him, but we are struggling to score goals. Uh, I don't think there's any, any crooks about that. We've been playing with two strikers up front and a man behind, and I know we got three at, at Luton, but we had Luton put the ball in the net for us twice, and the other was a penalty. Uh, yeah. Matt, don't so... you just
1: show that, that so just putting in there, but get two you all this bollocks. You know, like last year when we were playing one up front. Garrett it Forward, five. you mean? Yeah, no, this, this two <laughs> up front, like. We've got two up front now, and it's doing absolutely. We oh, look slightly like to score any goals at any time. So it's I think it's people, absolute
3: no, bollocks. It's I think town fa- some. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say town Ooh, fans, but some English dude. some English football fans seem to think two up front some kind yeah, of silver bullet yeah. to scoring goals. It's not. It's bollocks, and if anything, four four two was designed as a, as an actual defensive shape, not an attacking shape. It was designed for long ball football for big man, little man up front. And it's when people go on about four four two, I just roll honestly, I just roll my eyes and. I think after the Wagner years, there's a lot less of that. I think prior to the Wagner years, and now we've seen success with different shapes and systems, and we've seen how Carlos does. I think there's a lot, across the board, I think there's a lot more acceptance of um, one-striker systems at, at Huddersfield. But prior to that, it was it was a bit of a nightmare. I, do, I still remember days when Lee Clark played Danny Ward up front with, I think it was Jordan Rhodes, and because Danny Ward was seen as a winger, there was a, a huge furore afterwards. I think it was... I think it was Tranmere at home pause and me and you sat together and it was nil-nil at home to Tranmere and there was a massive furore after that. But, you know, I think in terms of the game itself, I thought Town were quite solid and we've lost to Preston. That performance against Preston was absolutely diabolical. Uh, I don't, I know you didn't quite catch it all, did you, Cosy? But it was honestly a really, really shit performance. Um because he's frozen. I don't know if he's still there. But, you know, that that game was awful. We needed to respond from that with, with just something, anything. And for me, we're not going to score a lot of goals. And I'm going to come on to that in a minute. But defensively was where was what we built on last season, Pause. You know, the defence, Tom Lees, um, or Tom Bundeslisger, as uh, Mark Fotheringham is yeah. now hinting, you know, he's saying... He's not tall um, enough. Yeah, if he was a few inches taller, uh, he would have played Bundesliga. And do you know what? There's a lot of people mocking that online. But when I sort of sit and think about that, I don't think it's too far from the mark, really, because Tom Lees was a top-end championship defender, wasn't he, at Sheffield Wednesday, and he was half-decent at Leeds before. He was young and and moved on. And and had Sheffield Wednesday been promoted, he would have played Premier League football. He'd have been playing Premier League football this season if we'd have gone up... Um, and I think the Bundesliga at the bottom end is is weaker than the Premier League. So I don't think it's too far fetched. Had you know the Tom Lees of three four years ago would or possibly could have played if he was a bit tall. I don't think it's as as wild as what some people think it is. But defensively, mate, you you were a centre back. I thought Town's setup was understandable.
2: Yeah, I think to be fair to Cosy in regards to his, his earlier comments about should have gone for it. I always feel that it's massively different when you're in stadium you get a bit of a feel to it but i agree with you matt i think that if you if you take that immediate emotion out of it um as you say we're on a we're not on the greatest of runs we've had a very bad performance uh, going into that middlesbrough game and i can see with why 10 15 minutes to go we did see it out shall we, you know we didn't we didn't overcommit and I dare say that if we did overcommit and ended up losing 1-0, the the majority of people would be frothing that, you know, why didn't we just keep it tight? Why didn't we take the point and and go back? Um, Because looking at the league table as it stands at the moment, a win for Middlesbrough puts them, you know, a fair way in front of us. And by just keeping the point, a point against somebody else, a little bit higher up, maybe not as worthwhile, but I do think a point against Middlesbrough with them being kind of, what, five points in front of us um, if they win that obviously they then go eight and that's that's at least three wins so I think in overall context while it's frustrating that potentially we had an opportunity to take the three you know I'm a big advocate of of going to, to win as many games as you can but sometimes you've just got to play sensible not just in that particular 90 minutes but in the, in the context of the season you know if, you, if you're if you looking at that league in Middlesbrough you know they're on 18 now so what would they have gone 18, 19, 20 we'd have been on 12, you know, you're eight points behind them. It's a long I way, think- it, it seems a lot longer to, to pull that yeah. back, it, it wins, whereas at the moment it, it's five and only two wins, so over committing in the last 10 away from home, uh, yeah, you might get it, but you also might lose it, and I think, as I say, because he's actually, actually, you know, he's in the stadium, he's taken the time to travel up there, he's paid the money, it's a lot. Different view to somebody like myself who kind of you know 3350,
3: not to be sniffed at it's a lot of money anyway um, yeah cost cost you back now so you're back in the room
2: but yeah I think looking at the you know the, the way that the the game went we you know they came at us as you say Matt, first twenty minutes or so we kind of once we got a foothold and saw that out I, I agree with you I think they, they reminded me a little bit of a town at times last year whereas in that first twenty minutes they tried everything that they had available. And then didn't get out and then kind of struggled to to motivate themselves or be creative and, and think of, you know, ways to to break us down. And we, we kind of came back into it, that that sort of back end at, at second half. And early first half, we, we kind of had, you know, much more, much more at the ball. We looked a little bit more lively. It evened itself out, obviously, and then they came strong towards the back end. But never really troubled us. A couple of incidents, a couple of penalty shouts, maybe, that on another day they get. Um yeah, I think oh, we have God. to say
3: we were very, very fortunate, weren't we, with the, you know uh, the Leeds challenge? That, that I, was a yeah.
1: I've seen that a few times. I, I, I went with you. I've got to be brutally honest. When I really, I said repentantly, I didn't think it was when I saw them replays. I didn't. Absolutely I've I watched, I watched it back a lot of times. I, Do I. Do you know, I think he stands
3: on his foot? No, I don't. I don't.
1: Okay.
3: Okay. sack it. Yeah. Jeremy Simpson was fourth official, so. Never mind. <laughs> At the time, so, I
1: thought he died. it was definitely it wasn't really it, a it. dive. What it was like, I did stud on his foot or kind well, of. Well,
3: there was an instant, there, there was a situation just before with Duncan Watmore where he went down just outside the box and it was a pathetic, over elaborate dive, hands in the mm. air, very little contact. So I'm just wondering if he hadn't have done that or hadn't have sort of looked for that contact previously. And the referee's probably gone, oh, he's, he's doing it again. I've given the last one, I'm going to ignore this one. So I think there was maybe maybe a bit of that, but I, I take the point as well. I think the other thing to consider as well. Um, I'm just going to mute you a second pause because there's a, just a little bit of feedback. But I, I think the point as well is that Huddersfield Town, the bottom of the league, where we now there's a there's a a buffer zone, isn't there? Sort of which is now starting to appear. I think it's five points from safety, isn't it? And all of a sudden, draws become not good enough. I know we're early in the season. But at some stage, I think in the long term, draws aren't good enough. We need to pick up some wins. And we'll we'll talk about the the run to the World Cup in um, in a couple of minutes as well. But I think in the immediacy of losing to Preston and, and Rotherham, a point to get you to sort of reset and get back pushing in the right direction isn't a bad thing, especially away at Middlesbrough, which is a place we won last season, but not since 1986 before that. So we never particularly do well there. And I know superstitions, et cetera, really nonsense but Middlesbrough's a tough place to go they've got good players they're a good side they I think they're a good manager away from flipping them upside down I think everybody had Middlesbrough or a lot of people had Middlesbrough in the top two this year never mind playoffs so I don't think it's a bad point in context you know in, Man, in terms of going, going away to Middlesbrough
1: they couldn't even stick to, pass. to a to pass that Zach Stephan were garbage mate garbage look at the way he fumbled we pathetic little drive and that as well. They were, they were awful in the air for many corners and we just decided to not really shoot anymore after about like 50 minutes and stuff. It's so frustrating and they couldn't even pass to each other later on in, in the game and that as well. Like, I get what you're saying, but the, you know they, they were so bad. I, you know, think just got to tell, I know what you're saying before the game. The Bills were played well and in time they might flag the league, but... My eyes are telling me, and I didn't have much to drink, to be honest with you, because I drove. But
3: are you sure? Was, we saw the pictures of the pubs and the madry Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> one, mate, only one. Oh, okay.
1: Only one for the Instagram, mate. But uh, all right. you know, honestly, I, it's really weird, because I did feel it, like, kind of when the whistle went, yeah, it was a good point, but as soon as I saw them, the other results, and then I'm kind of I'm thinking... When well, you look I'm at it, the table, oh. yeah,
3: I think, I think in the context of the game, and going to Middlesbrough, a point's all right, but when you look at the table, you're going... Ah, shit, actually, we could have done with winning that. And I think that's yeah. where the conflict is, isn't it, really? Because uh, a up. win for us, Coventry winning
1: and Blackpool Blackpool are going mad at the minute. And Well, uh, you know what, Matt, if, if Middlesbrough, like, because they did start off okay, to be fair, but if they'd have kind of done that 90 minutes and we'd have, you know, it st- stood on his head, uh, ah, keeper, and, and you're walking out there thinking, yeah, we're at a tough place, it's a, ju- a good job, but I just felt they were worse than, rather than me easily on, on the day. And... Uh, they're, they're surely going to improve on that, but yeah, no. I suppose if we beat Millwall next Saturday, it's, and this is a big if in it that you know it's, it's good, but, you know four points is a, a good, good one. But I just, yeah, I thought we missed a trick yesterday, mate. But but then again, okay. what okay. options has he got on the bench? Really, you know, where's his well, other? Yeah. It's like for like. I mean, obviously you're going to move up the strikers, but it just, yeah, that, that's my. Where's the ammunition? and Tino's a big miss, mate. For us, he's such a big miss because. He's a maverick who can do something different. There's only Thomas really, and after that, yeah, you're struggling aren't you to see any bit. Yeah, of magic and you
3: need, You could do with Pat Jones as well, could you? Just for something yeah. different, young and exuberance,
1: could you? But uh, the way you're we'll to... about Pat Jones, it would be interesting to see where he's going to play, Matt, because it's uh, it feels like left wing. He talks about left wing cyber work. All right, mm, maybe yeah, in, talking, a two,
3: in a two, always, not, not in a two,
1: maybe. Not not in a one. He's talking about a striker, kind of feels like well, a strike. Well, do you know what like
3: actually, that. thinking about that cos, um Pat Jones is is quick, he's lightning, is Pat Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the count, on the counter away from home, you can th- you know, he put the ball over the top and yeah. you know, he, he's he's on it, but let's read out a couple of comments we've got in on yeah. from YouTube about the game and we'll move on to uh something I want to talk about which is Huddersfield Town's striking options. Uh Dom Campbell says whilst it wasn't a brilliant game, I think it's a solid away point and something to build on and we needed a clean sheet. I think that was my point really. Is that it could have been worse. Um, Leo says both teams were poor. Good point, but we need to back this up with wins at home. Bez five, six, seven, eight says Borough were crap, but they were still better than us, in my honest opinion. Um, Jerry Hinnan says, felt worse after the Preston game than any game since the two three loss to Wickham uh, in February twenty one. Do you remember that loss to Wickham? That was bad, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> diabolical is a good word for that showing. There's a there's a man who says diabolical like no one else, and that's Mick Morgan, isn't it, Cosy? Oh a diabolical
1: from uh, You know what I uh, to add Preston. I didn't see any of the game I didn't see any of the highlights mate honestly but, but obviously, I, the the Jesus the, Christ Preston. The from my feed on stuff looking at stuff when I went in Spain were off the scale I went getting messages that were like if Jerry says it's like the Wiccan game, then that's all so you could oh, tell mate that, honestly
3: yeah, honestly
1: it was shite. yeah so I, I was got package going in there but it's, we'll we'll, tell, uh, uh, we'll yeah we'll talk
3: about it in a, in a minute but uh Lez also says, to be fair to Fotheringham, we have to start somewhere, and that is getting the defence right. More clean sheets and nicking a goal might get us a few wins. I think that's a a fair point. So the next thing I want to talk about is our strikers. Um, We're struggling, in my opinion, uh, up front. Um, Danny Ward, Jordan Rhodes, did great things last year, to be fair to both of them. Danny Ward was outstanding last year, wasn't he? He was rightfully in the conversation for Player of the Year, but he picked an injury up, didn't he, around April time. And he came back and didn't quite look the same, did he? There was, uh, I think, he, um, was it against Bristol City maybe where he went off towards the end of last season? We weren't sure whether he was going to play in the playoffs or not. And he just, in the playoff final as well, mobility-wise, he wasn't quite where he was earlier in the season. And it seems for me that it's kind of carried on a little bit into this sims, uh, season. He doesn't quite look as sharp maybe as what, as what he was last year, which is a real shame He still scored three goals, I think, this season. But he's got one in his last twelve appearances. Jordan Rhodes was great last year, and he was a little bit sharp, you know, quite sharp earlier this season. And there's been the odd uh, performance where I think Jordan's link play and back to goal work is is severely underrated. But he's now got none in his last four and two in his last twelve. So if you if you tally them all together, if you tally them both together, that's three goals in twenty four appearances from two strikers, and that's any way you slice it. It's not really good enough at the minute. And it's not just the goals either. We're watching the game against Middlesbrough and I think it's the last 20 minutes where we're trying to put the ball forward and the ball is constantly coming back. And that's because Jordan Rhodes and Danny Ward before them are just not the kind of striker that can stretch play effectively away from home either. Neither of them have electric pace. Neither of them are really sort of brute strength. They're both nice link strikers and and, semi-decent in the box. Quite similar. And this is why I was... Adamant, if you like, before that as a partnership, they don't really work together. I know Mike Fotheringham kiboshed that, didn't he? And said they could, but I I still don't think as a partnership they're right for each other. Um and we're struggling with with Kieran Phillips at the minute is out on loan at Morecambe. He's he's actually started playing quite well at Morecambe, he's started to physically develop, and a lot of the things I'm seeing in the highlights he's looking sharp as well. But even if we say bring him back after the World Cup, I I don't quite think he's ready for this level. Kean Harrott's not Really doing anything at Bradford? I think there was a uh, an issue there, wasn't it? With uh, him in his mouth a bit. Um, we all open our mouth from time to time about Bradford, don't we, Cozzy, So you know, but, <laughs> um,
1: we're not paid by and, him. Oh, we're not. no. We're
3: and then we've got Ty- no. And then we've got Tyrese Simpson as well, uh, who's to be fair. Um, I understand why the club have signed Tyrese Simpson despite the injury. He's a long-term target, a, long de- a long-term development plan. So. I get why they've signed him, you know, last year they missed out on, um, oh, it was the year before, wasn't it, on Adebayo, about 18 months ago and Adebayo from Walsall uh, who's doing well at Luton, so I can see the club thinking, do you know what, we need to get this over the line and work with him long term, uh, otherwise there's a chance if we wait till January we could miss out etc, and that injury flare came up, didn't it, when they, uh, they did the scans etc with the medical, so I understand why they've gone through with that um, I understand why they've signed him and it's, and it's fine, but We're now starting to look a little bit worn up there. Statistically, we're not doing particularly well. Um, We're struggling to get a foothold at times in the final third. You know, we look at the game against Preston and Towner stood, and honestly, tactically, it is one of the biggest shit shows I've ever seen in my life, that Preston game. You had five defenders at the back. You've got Oli Turton still there as a left centre-back, which I wasn't particularly keen on anyway. And he's none of the defenders are driving forward with the ball into the space that Preston are happy to give up. You've got your wing backs pushed right up and you've got a, literally a line of five against a line of seven. And all it ended up was, it was like that Lee Clark game for Huddersfield against Sheffield United, Do you remember POS, where we lost at home and it was the last Lee Clark and it was just essentially direct long balls into the box. And it was, you could see them coming a mile off and Preston were just absolutely gobbling them up. And Again, there, you've got nothing from Huddersfield. you know, And for me, we've got a couple of issues up front in terms of we don't quite have, and and Cosi's men- mentioned Tino quite rightly, and Tino can change the dynamic of that somewhat. But we just look like we are really struggling for ideas up front at the minute. We're struggling to get Ward and Rhodes into good goal-scoring positions. Ward has missed a couple, I know, at the weekend. But last year, even last year, his shots-to-goals ratio was up there with Mitrovic, he was that, you know, he was that good last year in terms of his shot conversion that we're just not creating enough for these two guys and they can't create things for themselves because they're just not that type of player. So for me, it's our current area of weakness and it it worries me. And this is why I was quite pleased to see Mark Fotherham go back to defence rather than try and outscore oppositions because defensively we're quite decent. Helix, quite decent at what he does. Uh, Very ungainly, but he's quite decent defensively. Tom Lees is good at what he does. Um, Nakayama's got a lot of strength work to do, I think, physically um, at this level. And he's admitted that in an interview a couple of weeks ago, but he's all right. So defensively, I think we're quite solid or can be quite solid. Lee Nichols, best goalkeeper in the league last year. So I think that's more of our platform rather than two up front and a man behind. And I'm happy with that. But we still need to find a way to try and get players in behind. We still need to find a way to stretch opposition, and you know, if we can't do that, if we Matt, can't do that, it's gonna we're gonna to be
1: too easy to play against. And that's my that, Johnny asked my me. Memory. Johnny Bucken asked me yesterday at, at this point. Do you think I'll, I'll be we could go down? And I said, yeah. There's, there's no doubt about yes. it. Hundred percent, Matt. That's the biggest thing because I agree that you know we're not gonna outscore teams. I think I think the thing that worries me a lot is like. I agree with you, I don't think Rhodes and Ward are, are the partnership as well, but for, for me it's just kind of a, it's just a shame about Tyrese Simpson because it's almost like that bit of pace that, you know, the the opposition defenders thinking, oh God, even same with Tino thinking, what, you know, do I back off, do I go in there and stuff, we haven't got that now, so we're very easy to kind of, you know, kind of defend against and that as well and I just think goals win games and and... Last year, we knew pretty much we were going to be solid and we could play. Like, we, we won so many games, did we, by the odd goal. But this year, obviously, we're never going to be like that. And, and I just think it does, there's just nothing any different. And, like, I mean, you've summed it up perfectly, really, there. Yet, you know, Phillips, Sarah, get these guys back. Are they really going to make, make much difference? I just don't see it. Pat Jones with the one wanting and typically get injured. Yeah, he's where, more of a winger, though, isn't he? Is, but, jones, he's think, a yeah. but he's again of guy who scares guys he's got and, pace but, yeah he's got yeah, pace in Norwich, i just think of that game mate where they, their defenders they were like and then mm. grab oh my god you know and they were yeah they're crapping the loads for like 10 minutes after and stuff and that's what we need at the moment whether it be simpson jones and we've just not got that and that for me that is the biggest reason if someone again asks me do you think other still talent go down at the moment and from what we have at the moment yeah obviously if simpson comes in and, and and it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because we're going to need him to deliver straight away after an injury. And he's not exactly a prolific, map. But I just think it, maybe it's not even his goals, mate. It's just what he'll do with, with his runs and his, his strength and his holding the ball up. And, and
3: Absolutely because, nobody can run the channels at the minute. That's, yeah, that's thing. we haven't
1: got that. Dwayne Holmes were like running all over the place trying to get that going. And that's not his game yesterday. But, I mean, and the the fullback thing is a real issue for me, mate. Because, like you said there, it sounded like Preston, he was a little bit better yesterday, but you know, turning in, driving forward, he, he kind of stops at the halfway line, and it's just like, then we pass sideways to Etienne, who, like, will pass it, and it's just like, the, other teams are back there, and it's like, no, but, mm. but then, last year, we were, you know, we had people bombing on, obviously, like, Toffolo, Pippa, to a lesser extent, we've just, we've lost that, it's not, and, and obviously, with his attack, it's just like, nothing different, and, for me, that's easily the biggest worry, because, I know we probably won't be as sound defensively as last year, but, I still think we'd be good enough, but, where where are our goals and, and Ward, what bad example, like yesterday obviously missed missed two sitters, but it's like, we're not really creating enough anyway really. And yeah, that is, it's a real issue Matt, because we're going to come onto the road to kind of the World Cup, but I'm not saying we're going to be dead by then, but you're, you're going to need a big form swing. These other teams are 19, 20 points now. Teams we were kind of thinking would be shit like Blackpool, Birmingham there. They're getting away with with from it now. Uh-huh. It's massive
3: worry, mate. Blackpool have got Jerry Yates. And me and uh, my mate Dev have an argument with Jerry Yates. I think he's, I think he's got a nice touch, but I don't really think he's up to much at championship level. So every time Jerry Yates goes through a purple patch, he lets me know about it. And at the minute, he's absolutely scoring for fun, and we don't have that. We don't have that striker who comes in and. Like, do you remember like, Paul Dalton? Do you remember Paul Dalton? Paul Dalton was a real sort of maverick player and what he would do is he would come in
1: yeah yeah,
3: but he would come in and he would win games for us in a little spell of like eight weeks and then disappear completely for three months which is kind of even it sounds like like tino
1: i don't know i don't think we'll see tino till after the world cup mate from from what no i don't i would have thought so and then pause what would you do because i i I haven't got any solutions and i don't think (laughs) matters he's
3: on mute his pause let's unmute pause there you are pause
2: I thought you'd forgotten about me then, guys. Um, no, I think... Um, Who are you? <laughs> I think what, what, what are you, you've both said, just listening in there, quite quite nicely, just sitting and listen. actually, to be fair. Um, you've asked, what what can we do? For me, there's not a lot you can do. I think Rhodes and water are so similar. Um, you can't really play long ball for them to kind of hold it up. You know, they're, they're not that sort of player. As Matt rightly says, there's no one to run into channels, so you can't really play in behind Danny Ward. Maybe 10 years ago, kind of had a little bit of that in him, but now, you know, obviously he's, he's a little bit older. I think the way to go is defensively, keep it safe. A little bit like last year, really. You know, Carlos obviously identified that we didn't have really that much creativity going forward. So he made us very solid at the back. And obviously we scored a hell of a lot of set pieces last year, which were, you know, a massive... Way in which we scored goals. I if someone asked me last year if we had much creativity going forward. I, I would argue that no, we didn't. Um, Saba Thomas is obviously still with us, who who can put a good ball in. Uh, there's no there's no one central, though, for me that can that can do that. That can sort of unlock a defense with a with a bit of skill or uh, you know sort of a, through, a cute through ball from sort of twenty yards out in, into a road or a ward who can once in that area, once in that sort of six-yard box, 10, 12 yards out, that's where you want the ball to go. Um, but as as Cosy says, we've we've lost that kind of someone bombing on wide to put that cross in or, you know, that adventurousness of, of kind of someone sprinting through from midfield and, and, you know, cutting one back to them and stuff like that. So I, th- I think it is a massive area of concern and, and given, you know, we can't bring anyone in until January, we we are really going to struggle. So, it's one of those that Fotheringham came in, you know, he talked about creating this scaffolding and, and playing attacking football, which is great in an ideal world. But for me, we've almost got to that stage where I know it's going to sound proper negative and, you know, it definitely is. But if you can't win a game by outscoring someone, just make sure that you don't lose. And it's one of those that kind of are we in for a lot of games like yesterday at Middlesbrough where we're we, we we play almost for nil nil and hope that we can sneak some on a break or a set piece because for yeah. me, who do you put up front if you don't play roads or what who, at the moment who plays? Cause
1: you, you know probably, what, Paul? There were there were there were kids where There's literally no one, is there? There's no one. Matter we're like getting up on the crowd, or getting mad because they're passing it back. I, I was turning around to shout, Look, "Who's he got to bloody pass it?" Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Massive fry and and, and what he's got no chance,
2: mate. I think. As well, with Rhodes and Ward, I mean, we 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 labor got with laborers going forward as it is. So, balls in our sort of defensive third, we pick ball up and Rhodes and or Ward or both are kind of halfway line. You've, you've got to make four or five passes to build it up because you've almost got to build at their speed, you know. And it's absolute
1: cheese and you know, this Holmes a, were trying to do something different by running kind of as like a right winger, but ain't that and it's just like that's how desperate we are trying to get any width mate. really you
2: know that sort of goal that Harland scored yesterday I know it's a ridiculous comparison but how fast did they cover that ground from halfway to the edge of their 18 yard box it was one long punt it were an out ball we have, we have nothing like that we have to build slowly to get it wide to then put across it and by the time we've done that defences have regrouped teams have regrouped they've got 10 men behind the ball we're not that great at passing and creating opportunities anyway. So, you know, the longer it takes us, the 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 less chance we have. And I think that's bang right. The the lack of goals will be a massive problem. And looking at that league already, you know, the World Cup is gonna be a big turning point for us. But a lot of teams will be saying that they are struggling. You know, let's get to the World Cup, let's see what happens, we get another kind of mini preseason. But unless we well, we can't even bring anyone in until after the World Cup, anyway, can we? Because at So, you know, it's like games to the World Cup and seeing what could happen, but you're not going to be able to bring anyone in until after that, anyway. And until you know, January, if we don't start scoring goals, we could find ourselves pretty much already down. And, and I think yeah. you're right, that is the biggest. And the,
1: the thing is, pause. I heard him, I, I'm, a, I'm a right badger now on these press conferences, especially on, on Spotify and stuff. Because, like, and all I keep hearing is journalists saying, Well, Mark you know, get to the to World Cup because obviously they're buying into his training, this and training, that's just like, get, you will know, get your group up, up obviously from Sorber and trying to I think anyone else we've got international, but, you know, and then you'll be able to get with them and it's almost like he's just going to make it all sort of magic and we're going to, like, be without an attacking superpower, I just don't see that, you know, but maybe it can work some magic, but it's almost like we're desperate to get to that World Cup point too, and everything's going to be different after that, but... It'll only be different if we sign some players, or Tino, mm. and, and gets Pitt and Simpson. You know, goes from the off. That, for me, it's, I think it's right. just false hope, really. That.
3: Guys, listen. Well, since since Fotheringham came in, so Mark Fotheringham, this six games, and this isn't a Mark Fotheringham problem. Like you say, it goes back to last season, really. And, and we're saying the conversion rates for what we had in front of goal last season was so crazy, and the amount of games we won by one goal last year, or or whatnot, and how things turned quickly but we've scored seven goals in six games. Three of them have been own goals. Two of them have been scored by centre-backs. <laughs> one, one a penalty, and then one's Danny Ward from a set-piece. Six goals out of seven have come from set-pieces in the first or second phase, and the one that didn't, it's an own goal. Well,
1: so that team, mate, see... that magic goal against Stoke, wasn't it? Well, West Brom, I can't
3: remember. But... Uh, West Brom, yeah, I've not gone yeah. back that far. I've
1: only gone back six
3: games. Shame but... it, that's
1: what, exactly what we ain't got now.
3: And,
2: yeah, you're right. Even in, that, even in that game, though, when he scored that goal, literally every time we got within sort of 10 yards or even at a corner, everybody would just like, just give it to Tino because he's just going to do that every time. And he's not going to do that every time, is he, let's be honest. You know, it no, would have no, well-worked we, we do
3: miss him. It was, yeah. I think in a 4-2-3-1, Tino behind a striker could be a difference maker to a lot of things. He's going to frustrate because he gets the ball and he loses it a lot. But you've got kind of got to let him do that, haven't you, to, to get the best out of him. You've got to let him try and try
1: and try and eventually makes a breakthrough, doesn't he? But that's that's my worry really on Matt, are you here's a question for both are you more worried now after six games of Fotheringham, than you were after five games of Schofield? That yeah, we're gonna stay in the, the
3: end of the season's closer.
1: <laughs> 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 to, to be
3: honest. Uh, every game I could become that I was okay up until that Preston game and that Preston game ruined me. I thought I sat there afterwards and I was like shit. We're shit. And that, that was a really bad game, and it was a really bad game for Mike and It was a bad game for, to be there. It was a bad game to watch. And the thing is, these bad games are going to happen, but it happened when we needed a response to the Rotherham game. And we, didn't, we kind of got something worse, and it was a real knock to confidence was that. And that's why I'm, I'm okay with the Middlesbrough game, because it's a, kind of back to getting a point on the board. But that Preston game really rocked me as well as, as Jerry said online and it was it was honestly that bad and it tactically it was that bad and how little idea we had yeah. was really worried and it was what we did on the field which really worried me. We didn't the only thing we literally tried was to flood the box and kick it as high as possible. And that and the tactics were Sunday league standard and that is really what it, worried me. it was it the, was really bad. That,
2: yeah I think when Schofield were there, you always had that yeah it's still it's still new yeah. we, we might click and then obviously Mark's come in and he's had five games and at some point it might click. But I think that <laughs> Preston game for not just yourself, but for pretty much the whole fan base, we're a bit like... Oh, shit. Absolutely, we're, <laughs> not, <laughs> we're not good and just playing bad. We're just bad. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, as you go through a bit of a bad spell, and you can see us, you know, we will pick up at some point. We're not going to be down here for all for season, but I think walking out of that Preston game, I think anybody that were there that thought, oh, we'll be all right, is...
3: I always thought we'd be all right. I, th- I thought at some point it'll be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get what we need. Uh, even yeah. when Mike Fotherham came in, I thought, all right, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure I'm sure it just needs someone just to shake things up. And then that Preston game really sort of that shook kind my of confidence. Did, and and to be honest, already. and I think that's why I'm all right with Middlesbrough because that rebuilt a little bit of confidence because of how solid we were defensively. I know the first 20 minutes we were a little bit ropey, but because we were solid defensively, that gave me a little bit of hope that we've got that platform to build on and move forward. You know, you can't build it on two up front and a man behind, you know, and, and getting as many attacking players on the field as possible. You build it for Town on the defence and how obstinate we can be and how decent Lee Nichols is this year because the strikers aren't going to do it for you, Mark. The defence is what's going to do it for you, and that's where you've got to put your faith. Um, and for me, he's, and I think he might have recognised that now, you know, with the way he was picking he was up
1: Tom Lee's. Right, we are the worst team. We are, We're the and- worst
3: team I've seen this season.
1: We are, we are, we are. <laughs> I, thought Blackpool, I,
3: genuinely th- I genuinely thought Blackpool were crap when we played. I think that's I what worries me work. a
1: lot, Matt, because... But the beaters. West, well, Brom, the and Middlesbrough. No, West <laughs> Brom and Middlesbrough, I could be wrong here, but, and their fans might be like watching us thinking, that's bollocks, but they're bound to improve. I think we're surely going to improve, but I think they'll get out of it a lot quicker than us. And then you're looking right. OK, who's up there? Blackpool, Birmingham... It owns Covent. It does. Covent, I think Coventry
3: will Covent be, be fine as well. Now.
2: Yeah, it's just. I think people forget about Coventry that they have to play the start of their games away from home as well. So they oh, have... well,
3: they missed. They didn't play them, did they? They, they got yeah. postponed The so thing they, is, Paul. What you fitness issue? Yeah.
2: Six
1: games, five. What is it? Four draws, two. Defe- so two draws and four defeats. It's a joke. That isn't it really, and it puts it piles the pressure on your own games. And I know Father Raymond's big about the home back, but we'll have to win our own have to win I and mean, it's just like that's why that's why Preston hard.
3: was such a uh, that was why Preston was such yeah. a jolt as well I mean we beat Hull didn't we the whole game we deserved to win but <laughs> they even, <was> then, just... <laughs> even then and Hull, Hull since then have won a couple of games and they've gone yeah, flying yeah. up the league as well so it's, it's crazy of how so I think that'll count as our Preston roundup to be honest because the game was that bad I don't really want to get PTSD by talking about it again so uh-huh. I'm going let's I, I'm, look forward Matthew yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna just go to see what people have been saying on YouTube about us, Christ. We've got a lot of comments here. I think we must have been talking a lot of nonsense. We've got a lot of people tapping away. Um, let's pick it up. So Leo says we're missing both Hog and Tino uh, with limited options. I think we should recall some of the lone players in January. Do we miss Hog for you guys? I I think no, I don't. I don't I'm think not I'm like not as. Conv- I what I think mean? sometimes I think as a it's leader and as a as a character on the field, I think there are games where we do miss him. I think sometimes. When the game's going away from us, I think, um, like Preston, I think sometimes on, I know he's not going to improve the passing on the field, but I think sometimes just that and that leader just to bring and reposition people, I think.
1: Where would you well, play? Or would you drop Matt? Well, this is this is the well, this I is the problem because Carlos
3: yeah. Carlos realized last year that Jonathan Hogg is now um, slowing down. Shall we say? I don't want to. I don't want to go too far because he might hunt me down and, and murder me. But you know Jonathan hogg's- <laughs> sl- <laughs> slowing down slightly isn't he, and he's not as quick to the second ball anymore, and that midfield of him and john russell was was quite hard to watch, wasn't it so i'm I'm not sure i think I think sitting in front of a back four is not too bad cause to be honest for Jonathan Hogg or in a back five. I don't think you can put him in midfield and have him chasing players anymore, so I think he's got to he's got to have everything in front of him as well back to if he's if he's facing his own goal Hoggy, that's not a good position <laughs> you want him to be in either. So you want Hoggy facing forward, driving people on and, and just sort of winning that second ball and just giving it simple. And that second ball, he can't be running 10, 15 yards for because he can't get those anymore. So just have him quite close to that back line, just picking things up and setting it off and organizing. And
1: it was good the person
3: you would drop would probably have to be Kamara. And that's and, and a shame because I think Kamara has been our best midfielder the last few weeks, um, Maybe not against Preston, but I thought it was. I thought Kamara... I think there needs to be praise for him yesterday against Middlesbrough as well, because I thought Kamara may, obviously made the mistake, didn't he, against Preston where he got beat in the air. And I thought he was extra aggressive in everything he did against Middlesbrough, especially in the air. And I thought you could see he's, he's taken everything on board and he's gone, right, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be better from this. And I thought he, he was excellent. He beat everyone in the air for me, Kamara. I haven't looked at the stats, but... The you know the eye test i thought he was uh, he was excellent you know in his his personal battles and jewels, so that's a huge credit to etienne kamara and i like it, I like him as a player a lot, but you would probably look at him and say, maybe he's the man oh then again there's there's different different horses for courses because you can maybe throw it in but let's just go back to uh youtube bez says Harrett, Phillips recalling Jan to give us options mm, I'm not sure they I'm not sure they, they, they're they up to sort of this level to oust
2: Rhodes She's, and Ward
3: yet, so... Don't, know, no. man, don't forget,
2: these are young, yeah, young lad. I, bring them back and pin you up on a young lad to get you out of a relegation fight is... Yeah, not uh, well, answer, I, I, I can see why people say bring them back just because it's something different, but... For,
3: for numbers as well, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, from what I understand of these players, those are very similar to Rhodes and Ward in the way that they play anyway, so just like a younger version. Um, I'm not not suggesting it's a stupid idea, but for, to chuck someone like Kieran Phillips in in a relegation in championship is probably and and, and he doesn't do well, and then all of a sudden everyone hates him and he's crap and you know, it's you a know career, it's
3: saying. almost a career wrecker, isn't it? Is
2: it? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not just for this season; it's long term for him it, as well. Yeah.
3: Josh Phillips. Josh says uh, no issues with signing Simpson, but we had to get another striker in who could play immediately, even if a loan or a short term deal. Yeah, I think it's exacerbated a lot more, hasn't it, by um, fathering and playing two up front and then us not having a striker on the bench and even converting Charles Ondo from a defender to a striker in the B team and throwing him on up front. I think it's kind of highlighted that a little bit, that we are very short in that area. But we were short last year, but we got away with it. And that's just sometimes the way it goes, isn't
1: it? I think the thing is, Matt, I mean, this is a shit example and just probably just showing off what I've seen. But the last few... Last three games before that, I saw Edison Cavani, Andrew, uh, Antoine Griezmann and Robert Lewandowski. And the three, and what I was sat right eye up because I'm tight. I can't afford them prices below. And the one thing you notice with wow. these guys, mate, is just the he's movement. Been... The, it, it's unbelievable. Like, other guys are so much bigger and, than them. But it's just, like, they just pull players out of position. They're smart. They're... Lewandowski unbelievable. Like, he'll, he'll, like, be a penalty ball. He'll just, like, peel right outside it at the D. And then, guys, oh, shit, he's gone out we haven't got anything like that everywhere defenders are left guessing because it's so obvious what we're going to do and like we said earlier that's just where we're just so desperate for just something a little bit different and I could kind of see why Charles Ondo were you know brought on for them two games It's just is that's I agree with you I don't think like Phillips or Arrett well certainly Arrett won't get a chance now after Bradford but they, they just like for like out there and it's just we haven't got that just something you different
3: love, you're talking about elite players there aren't you but- but yeah, yeah I we don't I'm have someone who can do there, I, know. <laughs> I know, but I know <laughs> what you mean. Yeah, boards and road seat. are quite samey, aren't they, in what they do? But, you know, when we yeah. just sign Lewandowski in January? That would solve everything, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> know. Uh,
0: let's see what else. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Matt, it's got to be the city ground
1: at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app.
3: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So we've got... got, uh, Leo says Simpson's never played at this level we can't rely on him to hit the ground running uh, we might as well bring not back playing. Kevin Francis the second I think the thing is with Simpson as well is he's not even, he couldn't even get in the Ipswich side either which I think was more down to the contract situation but so he's only had sort of half a season at League 2 level so again pinning hopes on him in January again isn't, like you say it's the same as Phillips and Harrett. it's not, it's not the answer really unless he hits the ground running in January on the training field and then you give him a go but uh, Frankie Fingers, what a name. Sounds like some gangster, some kind of gangster. Uh, says, let's face it, boys, we now have 31 must-win games. Never a dull moment. What's your thought about Mark Fotherham's post-match interviews? Naivety, overflowing passion, or downright stupidity? Cheers, lads. Andy Shooter. Uh, right, Mark Fotherham's pre- and post-match. Um, Cosi, you go with this, because you, you quite like... Father, I'm still trying to find the right words because I, I, I started off finding his, the first few of them quite refreshing and quite open, and now I'm starting to sort of, not feel that way. Um, but Cosy, you go, you go first. You what? you find it quite know. refreshing, don't you? You find his post match and pre match stuff quite interesting, don't you, Mike, Father, what he has to say and
1: well, I do, Matt. But he's saying the same stuff. But the trouble is, it's the same mistakes, the same. Questions, it's really difficult. It's quite interesting though, to be fair, listening to the uh, the, the certainly the po- the pre match uh, press conference because I just think that Stephen Chickens there, oh god, he'll be like, well, I'll send a check in the post. But he's just you can tell he's got smart questioning, mate. For example, the radio Leeds didn't mention it a thing, but he may say oh, all these rumors of a bust up you not Jonathan Organ's manager, and then obviously he went on one did did and denying it, but. It depends who you believe. I was speaking to people yesterday that they would say no that, and it didn't happen. And I, from other people, it did happen. So I just don't know. But it's it's really hard, Matt, because I, I find it difficult when people criticise a a guy for. A, I've heard people saying he needs to rein it in. So someone on another group of chat to needs to rein it in and be and be humble and stuff. What
3: what does he need yeah. to rein in though?
1: Exactly, it's like getting near Warnock, and I know people can say, "Well, there's one eight players," but. Neil Warnock, probably, when he started his manager career, was still a big gobshite, as he is now. That, he's just a <laughs>
3: he it was more of a gobshite, more of a gobshite back in yeah, the Yeah, he 90s, probably
1: he. was. But that's, it's people's characteristics and that as well. I don't think you can complain. and But I won't want him to be in a different man, And, and I, I think a lot of people have got issues with the fact that he's, he's very direct and, you know, I don't know, Matt, it's Scottish is an issue for some people and stuff like that as well. I've heard some I lines. Would, I want to thought Raps so. Rapsy Nesbit. someone said yeah, to me, we need to oh. get to the gym. People coming out with a load of shit, but I, you know, other still thought, me me laugh some of them because, like, we like it saying it as it is. So here's a guy saying as it is, and people don't no like, like it. it. Why is that? I don't get it. And I did get it mm. yesterday as well, where some people were booing him, and like at the end of the game, it's just like, and, and it took me a while to get it. I was thinking about it in car driving. I'm like, why, why are people booing him? It's not because of the results. Why are they booing? But then, I was discussing it with a few other people last night, and they were saying, "I don't think they're booing Matt following me. means that they're frustrated with the whole thing. That it's almost like booing Dean Oil. That like, that was
3: me that said that the, in WhatsApp.
1: <laughs> no, oh, but yeah. there were some other people that were saying exactly okay. the same, Matt, and that as well. Because yeah. I was sticking up I for th- him saying, I, I saying, "To me, it's just yeah. bullying. How can you're slagging off no. a guy because he's and he's coming on the pitch, you know? And then you know, people say, well, if he didn't come on the pitch, you know, where is he?' And then when he is coming on, he's getting booed." Yeah. If we, I'm thinking this is walking back to that Toronto mate, I've been here for six games, we've got a good point in Mills, people are having a good mate, why? And I couldn't get my head around it last night thinking, why Why are people doing that? I've never known a town manager like getting this stick after after six games, I don't get it. And we've had some diverse characters, let's be honest, we've had some absolute people that have, you know, God, I hated Andy Richie with your passion, and you know, even Simon Grayson was there next even though he got us up, but I've never known a manager get be getting this kind of angst at the moment, and I just can't put the finger on it, Matt. Why is I it? Think,
3: I think there's a, I think without being unkind to Huddersfield fans, I do think there's a bit of an identity crisis at the minute, in some ways, and we we talk about the expectations after the Premier League, don't we? And I just don't think Huddersfield fans quite know what we are anymore. We were told for years, weren't we, by David Wagner, Dean Hall, where this club that are punching above its weight, punching upwards in the championship. And I think what we've seen in the last five years has made us think, and I think correctly in a lot of ways, that Huddersfield Town are not this little scrappy underdog in the championship. We're we're actually a decent sized championship club. Commercially, I know you don't like commercials, cause, but commercially, we do underachieve compared to some other clubs, but that's where we are in the country, and that's where the the money's not in the in the area. But you know, and I think some people had higher expectations than Mark Fotheringham. So what you get is when Dean Hoyle's not there on the pitch, or when Lee Bromby's not there on the pitch to have a go at the next closest things Mark Fotheringham, and and maybe it's just some kind of um, disappointment that we've gone down the inexperienced route when a lot of people wanted an experienced manager and maybe it's because David Wagner was so strongly linked and maybe people shouldn't listen to people that don't know things on Twitter when they say they do, et cetera, that it's going to be done, et cetera, et cetera. But people got carried away. We thought we were going to get David Wagner at one point. I thought it might happen. Um, And then Mark Fotheringham comes in the building and it's like, Oh, well, this isn't the bloke that was coaching the champions league last year. So I think we've gone from having our expectations level here and it's been reset back down to here. And I think there's a lot of people still trying to, me included, still trying to cope with having a, having been up here and now being back down here, if you like. And I understand it fully. And I understand why people would be frustrated with the appointment of Mark Fotheringham. And I think people just look for an outlet sometimes, don't they? And, and, and the only outlet available there was Mark Fotheringham on the pitch to be disappointed at and it's unfair on Mark Fotheringham because he's the guy who's applied for the job and got it and wants to do well I know it's unfair but the club don't have or maybe people don't feel like they have that centre point of um, to direct their frustration at and I think it just happened to be Mark Fotheringham on that occasion and like you say Pause, I don't think it was pa- everybody was it it's just a few people
1: Pause. did he come on pitch against Preston after or not did the team come over
2: not that I remember a couple made a Kind of token gesture. Um, to, to be, I think the only player that I remember kind of coming over, oh, not even a player, so the only person I remember coming over, kind of specifically to, were towards like the crowd, were um, Clem. He always makes an effort to to go around and kind of Top
3: congratulations to Clem as well. Two hundred and fifty games at Town, isn't it? So yeah, yeah it's, been, yeah, it's been a stalwart as Clem. He's a, he's a good guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's
2: he's a, I think he's one of those that is. Pivotal to the back, he's he kind of knows what the fans are about and what we want, and I think Matt's right. There's not been really a, an outlook to vent at otherfield Town for a while, so following on is probably the, the next easiest thing. Um, we'll be interesting to see if anyone uh, venting yesterday goes to the Q and A because I think that's probably the only opportunity that they're going to get. Which I know you want to talk about, Matt. So what are you under there, but? Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think you're right. I think it's a, a, a build-up of frustration for probably from Forest game at Wembley to now in, in seeing how quickly the decline has come. And um, I, I dare say those that were actually against Fotheringham are probably more against Huddersfield Town at the moment, um, which, is, which is understandable, which is fine. You know, we, we have our method of crit- criticism, which is on here. Some do it in a football stadium, some will do it in a pub afterwards, you know, various ways in, in doing it and, and so forth. But I think it is a build up of frustrations, not just a particular one game thing yesterday against Middlesbrough. Um, I, I think following, us already aware of that as well. I don't think he'll be taking it too personally. Kind of giving the old chin up one to the crowd, the old Marino, keep your chin mm. up, yeah. I don't think probably help. Um, just come across, do your clap, and, and kind of disappear. Um, you know, he has his methods, he has his ways, he's he's quite a strong character, I'm sure really. he can uh, take the criticism and, and, and run with it. I think he'll probably use it as a motivational tool, somebody like Mark Fotheringham. So, you know, the more criticism that he gets, I think he'll probably be one of those that wants to improve and turn around and stick two fingers up to those that doubt him. So, you know, in the long run, maybe it might be a good thing.
3: Yeah, so, um, Matt Fotheringham's pre- and post-match conferences, those were the <laughs> questions. Um, I think I found him a little bit overly nice at first, and then he kind of found his lane, if you like, if that's the right phrase. I thought the post match against Hull will go down in legend, won't it, with the if you coast, you know. If you are coast, you know, I think that will always go down. It? it was, I quite enjoyed that, but I could see why maybe players wouldn't. And I just felt he needed to leave that there, and then get back to more benign sort of answers, you know, and just but he kinda of went a bit further again, didn't he? And there was the, the Yut Shaming incident, wasn't there, with uh Yutunakiyama, which a lot of people really didn't like. And I think a lot of people maybe jumped on that as well because there's the rumours about the falling out with Hogg as well. So I think I think those people who decided to be Team Hog if you like rounded a bit more on, on Mark Fotherin and was, to be honest. Oh, that for me. That was,
2: that was I, I, that felt, was totally I felt bits of
3: it were I felt bits of it were over the top, but what I, I so I didn't mind him saying my Japanese centre back. I, I didn't think for a second he'd forgotten his name. I think he was just trying to make the point that this is an international footballer who's not winning a header. But I completely disagreed with the context of what he said in terms of um, pinning that goal on Yuta Nakayama. And I genuinely thought that was absolute bollocks. And to drop him for an incident which is completely down to organisation. And 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 ta- sort of tactical um, a tactical persuasion and blame an individual for it, and then drop him and make a point by putting Oli Turton as a left-sided centre back and then going over the top in the praise of Turton. I just thought was completely unnecessary. I didn't mind the context of what he said about the Japanese centre back. That was that was fine by the by for me. But sort of saying individuals who make individual errors are not going to play. And then blaming Nakayama for something which I personally didn't think was his fault, and then making a big deal out of it, I just th- I just felt like he would picked on somebody that was easy to pick on um, and dropped him, and I d- I didn't feel it was necessary. But um, but in terms of the context of what he said about him, it was fine. But in terms of the context of <coughs> actually saying this this goal was his fault, I just I didn't think I didn't agree with that.
1: There you go. The trouble is, though, Matt, you say rein it in, but this is how he it Is it's- you can't ask, I, I find it difficult when you see even, not even in football, but in work, that people can't change people's characteristics. I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. For me, you get that exactly, you encourage yeah. people to, you know, that you've got them in. And but, it's like but the thing is, though,
3: because sure. he's it, been overly nice about people as well. It's not it's not all negative and calling people out. Yeah. He has been really, like, the thing is, he's no, been really no, nice no. about Tom Lees this week, hasn't he? <laughs> and people have had a go at him for being nice. Yeah. And it's like, but you so know it is, it's like, him does. Season.
1: Yeah, well, whatever. people seize on him yeah, and, and th- t- yeah. club will tweet out six things with press conference but the people who are, are really against him now will tweet with the one where he's like on the borderline of his comments and look at that what a twat, and this that and the other but it's frustrating I always think keep an open mind but some people have just not and, and at the start of the press conference remember I, th- I thought at first because obviously with all the anger in coming in he did his first press conference and I thought oh wow people have kind of bought into it but they ain't anymore mate and, and it's his results don't seem to be much to do with it. I think he could win next two, and I don't think people had won him. But it's... Yeah, I've just never known this as time before. We've got I think of some of the guys we've had and stuff. But people just are... Uh, they're just what I bet.
2: I think we need to remember as well, though, with is he's, he's probably not had much media training. He's probably not had that sort of luxury that a lot of managers get. He's probably not used to doing interviews. And I think he's probably one of those that wears his hat on his sleeve and... You could tell with the you know the Japanese comment. It, it almost looked like halfway through that sentence, he, he kind of stumbled through his words, and it probably came out totally wrong. And you know, I think people have just got to, just move on. If you don't like it, just don't listen to it. It's not affect, it not really affecting your life in any way. And I think at the start, Matt, it was refreshing because we've not really had anybody like that. We've had all the typical. You know, I'm going to ask a question. Uh, someone's going to ask me a question. I'll answer it in the most diplomatic way possible because that's what I've been trained to do. So Fothering comes in and, you know, he, he shoots from the hip and everyone has, you know, because he said, everyone's like, wow, this is a bit different. I really like this. You know, after a couple of weeks, it's, ooh, I don't like this anymore because he's, he's been horrible to people and, you know, we're not allowed to be horrible to people anymore. And don't we're done with to, the league, aren't we?
3: Yes, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Everyone's not, not playing well, but...
2: Yeah, if worse that second in league and he, he acts exactly the same way as he's acted so far. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a rat's. But because we're bottom, I mean, it's another thing to pick up on. People do, like Ozzy says, jump on stuff that's, that do not need jumping on to create a problem that there's no problem there. But people get agendas and it's very difficult in this day and age that once you've posted that agenda on Twitter, once you've posted your opinion, you're not allowed to back down from that or people are big enough to back down from that, should I say and they've got to keep it up whether they believe it or not. No one's prepared to hold their hands up and say, do you know what, I thought this, and actually now I think this. No, yeah. that's-
1: that happened with Carlos, I still people not having exactly. it at the end. Exactly, it's ridiculous.
2: Yeah. And I just think people, just, just leave the guy alone, stop nitpicking. Who's who? Everybody seems to get five games now, there's people wanting him out, so we get rid of him, and someone else comes in and don't like him, what are you going to do, get rid of him after five games, but we're going to have 20 managers a season, it's ridiculous. Just <laughs> leave him to do his job just leave him to get on with it. If you don't like press conference, don't listen. Turn it off.
1: Go do something else. Matt, that needs putting in a soundbite and tweeting out to all that. And just a, I'm, just
3: actually, I'm just actually making a note of the time. One minute, <laughs> <I'm> six. <laughs> so I know we've got
2: a off tangent there with this question from Andy, but <laughs> I think it's he's like that, working that the time. i know a manager, question. though.
1: I'm just slouched, though. Posse's like, proper... <laughs> he's, he's, he's proper like he's, he's all yeah. coiled isn't he like a like a rattlesnake yeah, you're like, like, you're like, it looks like yeah proper manager interview when everyone on Zoom and stuff yeah like when people were doing we <laughs> <was. laughs> that
3: let's, let's finish through these comments so uh, Bez5678 says can't expect Kamara to play 40 plus games at his age we need Hogg to take some of the pressure off of him I agree with that Bez uh, Terry72 says Matei Vidra's still on a free would do a job question mark possibly but how fit is he as well um Richard Hookey says, I like Ward, but Phil Rhodes up front by himself with three attacking players behind him is the best way. Uh, but guys, 31 games left, not over yet. We can do it. We certainly can, Richard. Um, Terry7-2. and two, we- <laughs> Well, stay up. But Terry7-2 <laughs> says, we know what we are. We are now a development club that only sell players. Uh, Josh Phillips says, I don't agree with booing him, but can see why people don't like Mark Fotheringham. He had me on board after Luton and Hull, but the Yuta stuff was a massive turnoff for me. Uh, Josh was not aroused by Mike Fotheringham. Uh, Doug Barnett says the difference between Mike Fotheringham and Neil Warnock is Warnock built his team and got players he wanted when he was successful. The other issue with Mike Fotherham is we aren't used to his style, which seems to be of a different age. He is a bit of a throwback, isn't he, Mike Fotherham in a lot of ways he does? And he's very different. I I struggle with the um coming out and looking at the subs at half time. I have to say, I, I struggle with that concept. Um, but it's different. And like you say, Cosy, when you employ Mark Fotheringham, you employ Mark Fotheringham, you employ the warts and all, don't you? You employ him for what he is. I'm really struggling to get on board with him not giving team talks at half time and, and sat there wow. watching subs. Really struggling no, with that concept. Me,
2: Are you bothered about that?
3: No, because it's working. Because it's obviously working, but I'm struggling to understand how... Uh, against yeah. Against Preston... Against Preston we we looked like we, we just needed a bit of guidance. And you kind of need your guidance from your main man, don't you, to sort of get everybody realigned and refocused. And, okay, maybe maybe Paul Harsley's um, a really good speaker in the dressing room and you can let Paul Harsley get on with it. Maybe Chicho can get on with it, et cetera. And that's fine. But it's it's the kind of thing an assistant manager does, isn't it? Goes out or a coach goes out and yeah. does that Matt, rather than the head to... coach. So it's okay he did yeah. it at um, yeah. Berlin, et cetera, when he was the assistant. That's fine but he's the head coach now and that's his dressing room.
1: So oh, got any, I, with him, Matt,
3: that, yeah, I, just, I just found, no, that's the other point. You know, you mentioned happen. that at the time and I yeah. think
1: that's a big issue at this moment because I don't. Yeah, he's
3: got no one that can go out at halftime and do that or no one that, not one uh, of his men. So I understand that, he's doing yeah. it, but uh, you know, it, it, let's see, let's see how it develops because it may be a, mar- it may be a masterstroke. What he's doing, it might not. Be, we so. start doing
2: penalty at half time. I think we're all right. If he get
3: involved, we <laughs> that'd be it. amazing. If he comes out and starts doing dizzy penalties, I think he'd be my favourite manager ever. That'd <laughs> be Imagine that on Saturday, <laughs> okay. we would kill. We man, oh we a man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. Oh we a big man. They're big big yins having a go. That'd be absolutely amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> Just doing these dizzy penalties. Yeah, get that. get to fuck. <laughs> yeah, amazing. If but um, don't let's. That. If you do count properly, <laughs> Rambo. Ratsch. I know. Ratsch. But um. <laughs> yeah. Leo, how uh, are you? Doug <laughs> <Dag> ba- <laughs> Barnett also says there are clubs of a similar size and budget who are making a much better fist of things than we are it's not about promotion, it's about being solid the fact we aren't is incredibly disappointing <laughs> uh, HTFC Stan says I think the fans are going against Fotherham because of his comments, calling out Yuta when he's been one of our better players has just uh, struck some people the wrong way seems very old fashioned and yeah, I understand that um, I don't think Yuta Nakayama's been one of our better players though um, not lately I'm not quite sold on that I like him a lot but I wouldn't say it's been one of our better ones recently. Um, Terry72 says, Thoughts on the QA link to blue and white membership? Oh, oh, here we go. Uh, oh, this oh, is God, next on man. the agenda. Thoughts he on the QA link to blue and white? Seems that Hoyle wants to force blue and white onto people that want any kind of benefit for supporting the club. Yes, I was quite outspoken. Well, not outspoken, but I was quite anti how they um, arranged the away priority last I haven't forgotten that the away priority last season was down to blue and white members. Um, I've not forgotten that. And I understand that the club need to make more money, but you can all, you can only milk the same cow so many times before you've got to um, look for different animals. That's a really shit analogy, isn't it? Let's move, let's move on from that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Josh is cow, Josh. Josh, you absolute shithouse. He's reject- retracted his comments, so I haven't had a chance to read Matt Might as well get on with
1: your bloom light. Uh, yeah, the last one here is on Dag Barnett. It
3: just says, if we saw some hope on the pitch, Mike Fothern would get more time. Let's face it, he's hardly ripped up any trees. I think this is what we used to say all the time, isn't it? it, Win a few games and everybody, ca- and everybody calms down. That, uh, that's all it is. If we win mate, a few games, people will. Chesty Marsh
1: will be out this week, I'm sure, at Leeds. Yeah, Chesty Marsh? Chelsea, after Chelsea, about a month ago, I was working, mate, that day at work, and, these fans were swinging the shirts around the area. They were, they were off to this, that and the other. Now, they want him out. It's like, you see him everywhere. It's just mad, isn't it? Gerard goes and... Oh, man, I just can't cope with a modern game. It's just mental, man. Five games and yet... You win five games, you're brilliant. And lose... Sheffield United, they're going to lose another 5 to win out there now and people question Bottom. And honestly, it's just... I can't get it, man.
3: Um... Right, so the last thing on the agenda, really, is... Oh, Cos, you want to talk about ticket prices before we do that, very quickly?
1: Yeah, I just wanted... There's one thing that just wides me up a little bit, though. Middlesbrough... You know, Sheffield Steelers, ice hockey, right? They do a, a midweek game where they have £5 in, but they will always advertise it as £8 because it's £5. It's £2 for a booking fee and £1 for the postage. So it's 8 quid. but they'll advertise 8 quid, And you know when you're paying £8, it's £8 for the full lot. Middlesbrough... I Can't believe it like 31 pounds. I think that's bad enough. Then I run to get order it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's it's uh, one pound 50 booking fee, sir. Uh, and uh, yeah, one pound for posting it out. So it's, so it's not 31, it's 33.50. So advertise it at 33.50, whatever it is. I get that you can go to the ground, but ticket mastery it. It. it's rubbish, though. It's not it's not 31 quid, it's 33.50. Anyway, on the positive Blackburn Rovers, brilliant. I couldn't believe it. I thought we were a misprint. Uh, I've got a funny story to tell you as well, but it won't be quick. It, I mean, it'll be quick, on it. 18.75 <laughs> for Blackburn away. How good's that? Just, you know, I've just thought... Is that, oh, well, is that
3: the I'm last time that. you went there? <laughs>
1: uh, I went with Neil No, with Neil there uh, last year when we put it up at a great point, but this is funny, right? So last week I went towards Fillerelle, right? And they're playing. They're 40 miles away at another ground because the ground's getting done up. So I got this ticket online and it was it's a Monday night game and it was £5. I'm thinking... Wow, that's brilliant. To try and encourage all the fans to get there, five pounds. So I got gets it, gets emailed to me, five pounds. Oh, this is brilliant. Anyway, gets to the ground and like think my tests were like 33 to 36. So I gets there and I like every single person in front of me were, were like about ten years old. So I'm thinking, <laughs> oh I didn't think much of it. But so then I moved to the next turnstile and then I thought, oh I'll go to the next one. And everyone else were like, well, eleven years old. Then it it would a junior ticket. Oh my word. So did I A think no, I better get an adult one? Or B, I'd had a few drinks and I'm from Yorkshire. I thought I've already paid me five euros. Mate, I got my head down based upon that one I got in. <laughs> the youngest, <laughs> oldest junior that's ever watched Villarreal. out. I got through turnstile and this security guy looked at me and like, or eh? like I just like, mate, it doesn't matter. Just move on <laughs> <Hola>. <laughs> for the five euro. <laughs> oi, oi. So my tip <laughs> to be the cr- crash crisis is. Getting as a junior when you're 47 years old. Oi, oi.
3: <laughs> oh dear, 47 and hanging around with kids anyway. is a, a bit of a worry there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so... That's uh, <laughs> it. <a, laughs> there's a Q&A. Um, so, I, I put a tweet out about this um, and some people have since come back to me with a few things on this. It's made me rethink a few things about it. So, um, so obviously at the minute, Huddersfield Town at the bottom of the league. There's a lot of unhappiness. There's a lot of... Uh, questions that people want to ask. Um, and in the July board update, Dean Hoyle promised um, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. There'll be a and a And there was no... It wasn't explicitly said it would be Q&A to a specific set of fans, et cetera. So, um, and then the first time I heard about this was uh, at Preston, at halftime, where Rambo... I think anybody that sits in the stadium at Huddersfield will have some kind of audio issue so you can't always pick everything up by the the PA system because it's not the best uh and he mentioned that it will be blue and white members only uh in the um in the suite and I've been looking at Huddersfield Town for them to tweet something not seeing anything and then I uh, had a search on the website and there's a story sort of which uh in the in the news section sort of halfway down where it's going to be um Coming up in November, it's locked, paywalled, if you like. That was the phrase I used to. Blue and white, members only. Mark Fotheringham will be there. Dean Hall will be there. Lee Bromby will be there. Um, and it had limited numbers. I think about 100 people or so, uh, which isn't bad. Um, but from what I can see, it was tweeted by the promotions account, which has got a couple of thousand followers. Um, I missed it completely on the 12th of October. Nobody liked it. Nobody commented. Nobody retweeted Um so it kind of went under the radar a little bit. So, And the first time I checked online, it it sold out. Um, so for me, why I'm slightly unhappy with this is because it feels like to get... It feels like anybody who's a Blue and White Foundation member, it feels like the more money you pay the club, the, the more sort of access you get. And I'm not really keen on that, to be honest. I, I don't feel that that's right. Um, we talk about cost of living crises. We talk about the area not being particularly flush with cash. So it, it doesn't feel right when you say whoever pays the most can get more. And I know the world works—you know, uh, commercials. Uh, I know everything works like that now. You know, um, but it just—it just felt wrong to firstly paywall such an important event and such a an event where people are really keen on on voicing opinion and getting answers to a demographic of fan who um, who, who have paid a little bit more. I, I'm trying very carefully to word how I say this because I don't want to offend anybody who's a Blue White Foundation member uh, or anybody who's not, but it just felt wrong to me that there's been a very quiet approach to this and it felt like they'd snick, snuck this, not snuck it, but quietly pushed this through. And then by the time a lot of people have found out, it's sold out. So it felt a little bit, Disingenuous in some ways uh, that this Q&A won't happen for I think around about 15,000 Huddersfield, 15,000 season ticket holders won't be able to gain access. And I know there was a non-members fee that you could pay for £10, which I only saw once it had sold out, which is fine. I am a Blue and White Foundation member, I was, so this isn't such a problem for me, but I just felt like Huddersfield Town fans... uh, have so many questions at the minute, they, have, they want answers to certain things. People that ask questions tend not to be Blue and White Foundation members a lot of the time. Um, and to sort of lock it down to a specific demographic or a small demographic just felt a bit wrong to me, Pause. I don't know how you feel about it. I've waffled a lot Then I don't think I've quite got the point over that I wanted to. But for me, it just felt like, it should have been a more open and inclusive Q&A because of the importance of it rather than locking it away behind um, a couple of Blue and White Foundation members
2: Yeah I think you're right Matt, I think it was one of the things I saw on um, on Twitter that it was happening and I'd I'd not seen anything kind of like from the main HDFC account and uh, as you said I think it has just been something that's been snuck on through the back door maybe, possibly for the reasons that the club know that if they do open it up, it may, they may come under fire at that particular q and um, I remember when Wagner took over, they had it at Millbridge. I remember Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley coming to Gas Club. Carlos recently came to Magic Rock, uh, all open to anybody and everybody who wanted to attend. And it seems to me that we're moving, a, moving away from that. We um, redid the priority. And, and these little things... They can soon snowball, can't they? And especially when you're not playing particularly well. Um again, if you top at league and they introduce this, you know, n- nobody's really that bothered. But when things are going not so well, you know, you need to keep your fan base on side. And I agree with you, Matt. There's probably a lot of questions that a lot of people have and they're not gonna be able to get that opportunity to to go and ask. Um it's almost like well, as you say, the Blue and White Foundation members tend to be those that that maybe are not as vocal in the displeasure at the club, and the club maybe feel that they might get an easy ride if that's the sort of audience that they get. And um, it would be nice to to have it open to everybody. The club have made that decision, and I'm sure the the questions that get asked will be, you know, suitable for, for such an event. But it is such a shame that, you know, I don't know. if percentage wise, I'd probably guess that 80% at least at Blue and White Foundation members. And uh, There's no real, the priority thing for away games is, is not needed now, so apart from maybe events like this, there's probably not. I think there's
3: about 2,000 Blue and White Foundation members out of sixteen, seventeen thousand 17,000, well 15, so, about yeah. 15,000 season ticket holders now, isn't it?
2: 35 percent ish then, maybe. Um, you do yeah, the maths. <laughs> I think the way that they went about it, like you say, might work probably a little bit, I would say contrived, they may not have sort of said, you know, let's do it this way, so in inverted commas, normal fans don't know about it, but. The main account seems to tweet everything and everything anyway, but they seem to not go through it, which I thought was I did think it was strange myself, Matt, and it would be interesting to maybe so it's it, a lot more
3: innocent than, than what we think yeah. uh, it, maybe I think it probably is it just felt a bit disappointing that there's you know the way things are at the minute there's a lot of people would like to I think there's a lot of things that need put into bed. I think there's a lot of questions that probably need, need answering, and mm-hmm. Dean's always sort of fronted up, hasn't he in the past, and kind of given people answers that. They needed, um, and this just limits that opportunity, and I just found that a little bit disappointing. Um, Richard Mill says Hoyle didn't promise a Q and A. Um, well, they did, Richard. He's put in his July board update. He's put uh, that's it for now. Then than to thank you one time for your support. I couldn't hold any old Q and A sessions over the last eighteen months due to the pandemic, but I plan to bring them back once the season is underway, probably from October. I look forward to seeing many of you then. I mean, that's that's quite clear to me. That he's going to do a Q and A uh, for fans. So. He did, um, and do you know what? He may do one for different fans afterwards, and that will be fine. And maybe we're just sort of overreacting um, a little bit, but it just it just didn't sit well with me. Pause, to be honest, I just felt like somebody needed to say something, and if what I say triggers a Q and A, which is more open, then great, brilliant, thank you for you know, Huddersfield Town Football Club for for doing it. And I think what we have to understand as well is what. What Huddersfield Town do in being open with the fans is very, very different to any football club in the country. I think the amount of access that Huddersfield fans get from Dean Hoyle is unprecedented, and it is probably too much or has been too much in the past. Um, I could not tell you another football club that will give you this access, because he probably tell you that nobody in Spain would do this. I think so, although they've got presidents, don't they, and, and things that have to sort of do it. But so... You know, if if Dean said at the start of the season, you know what, lads, I've done too much in the past. Uh, We're going to scale these back. We might do board updates. Then that's fine. I mean, it's in line with what everyone else does. But from what I can see, he said, I'm going to do more Q&As and then sort of lock it away a little bit. just felt a bit of a shame. But, you know, hopefully by highlighting that we do get the fans that don't get the opportunity to go to that will get another opportunity another time. And I think it'd only be right the football club to to do that and if they say then there's not going to be many more Q&As in the future then that's fine um, but just on this occasion I just felt like it was a bit disappointing Cosy.
1: yeah I have not come around much to add to finish Matt, compared to what you, you two guys have said as well I think yeah like in the past uh, I was always a canal side disciple back in the day when it was called that and uh, I went to all the Q&As and uh, I remember Dean fronting up uh. Quite a lot of times that season, when it you know he uh, he moved up, he got Sam Grayson, I think he did a Q and A pretty much straight away, and there were a lot of brick bats being thrown him. And that yeah, as but, well, do you remember but, Dean D- David yeah. Wagner
3: in the Millbridge and stuff like that it was a fantastic. Night
1: that, yeah, obviously the, the, the famous ones and that. As well. I remember seeing David Wagner again at millstown and that as well. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the, but I think just at this time where we're at as a club, it's just there's so much that we want to know, and I think as well we're not obviously we don't accuse anyone online but ensure are we just going to get them bundled into a little you know pdf like we see for the altogether town and that? that i don't think that's enough really for me and i'd like to think it, it would be nice really wouldn't it if it were kind of broadcasted as a you know tomorrow the day after or something as a you know an HTTV. but i don't know it's uh there's a lot of stuff it's just not just even that it's just like it's, Where's the what's the share situation? Do they update on that? Is the you know kind of side where we're at with that? Is all singing and dancing? wasn't it when we uh when doing kind of yeah. I, it, mean, I
3: mean, I mean the people. I mean the people might ask the right uh, the questions that people want to hear, and then that'd be good. If there was some kind yeah. of gathering of that, and then they recorded it and played it out, even better. You know, I think a lot of people will be quite happy with that. And Stan in the comments, HTC, Stan says, I don't mind as long as there's some sort of stream or video for others to watch the Q and A. And that'd be good, you know. That'd be quite but it'd be good. Maybe, maybe making, like... maybe making a lot out of nothing. I don't
1: yeah. know. Um, yeah, exactly. And but you know, you know, even Father was like, "Well, I'm going to Mark. Do you think your comments were out of order over you to, you know, to bag a player? You know, I'm fascinated to. Yeah, let's hope. With, let's just hope the guys that are, are there on the night can ask and the relayed back. Just hopefully more than just a, a few notes on a on a PDF uh, the next day on the website. Let's hope we can get some video footage and stuff because. Yeah, we want to kind of come out of that Q&A, don't we, thinking we're heading in the right direction, even obviously at the league table. We're not at the moment, but there's a lot of people at the moment I know have lost, lost a bit of love for it all. They're not coming to the games and they're doing other stuff with the Saturdays and we, want, we don't want them to go, man.
3: No. Uh, right, we need to finish quite soon. So I did actually ask for some pod questions. I think we were on about the World Cup, weren't we? Um, we've got five games until the World Cup. How many wins? I, I was going to say, I think we need three wins minimum from that to stay in touch. Um, you guys, how many wins do you reckon?
2: What do I think we need? Or I think we'll get. <laughs> that's two very <laughs> well, I think, well, looking at it, looking at who we've got to play, it's going to be tough. I, I can't, on, at the way that we're playing at the moment, I would be lucky to get two, I think.
1: Well, we've got we've QPR got got away, Sheffield United right. away, Millwall at home.
2: Millwall. Who else? Blackburn away. Blackburn away. It's it's not an easy it's run. Fifth. It's not an easy run that. No, we could be not, we, we're not careful, we could be almost out of it by
3: then. Uh, right. yeah. Let's whiz what? let's whiz through some of these questions. Um so uh, Twitter question. So Huddersfield Town family say did the reported bust ups happen or was it the rumour mill going to overtime? If it did happen, could it be a good thing? Proves that they care and there is a passion. Saturday was better, point in the road and a clean sheet is a positive when you are bottom. The only thing I've got really to add on that is that if you remember early, Mark Fotherham was was very adamant that he wanted aggression, didn't he, on the training ground. He wanted it to be competitive. He wanted to change the environment. He wanted it to be nasty. I'm not sure he wanted to you know, erect a UFC um, cage or anything like that, but he wants people to come in and fight for a place, doesn't he? And I, I don't think a face-to-face flashpoint, which is really what was reported, I don't think Mark Fotheringham would look on that as particularly a bad thing, to be honest. Um, I think he would probably look on that in a positive way. That players care, players are passionate, and players are there to do a job. So I don't think that he would really look at it as a, as a bad thing. And I don't think I think five minutes later, I think he'd be over it as well. If there was an argument or sorts, he seems to be that sort of character to me. So I think as as always, yeah, you know, we'll we'll just have to wait and see how players react to it. I've not really got anything else to say on that
1: one. You too. No. no, not really for me. We'll
3: move on. Uh, Richard Wood says, has anyone mentioned any kind of time frame for Tino's return? Desperately need his quality even if he can play 30 minutes. Uh, glandular Fever no, can be quite a nasty is, disease, doesn't he?
1: So we've yeah, he's been pushing it a few times in the press Matt and uh, he just, yeah, I, I might just cut field again. He didn't say, "I oh, won't be available to whatever, but I don't think we'll see him this side of the World Cup, mate.
3: Stephen Chicken says, in the first Back to the Future film, they know what the they know what time the lightning is going to hit the clock tower down to the minute, but for their purposes, wouldn't they need to nail it down to the exact second? I know it's their only option, but their confidence feels unfounded.
2: <laughs> I think that's for
3: yeah. a different part. Yeah, well, I think the problem with Steven is he's looking at time as a as a relative framework there, rather than as as more of a a when rather than a where. So. We'll move on from that one. But yes, it would actually need to be right to the very instant, wouldn't it? So yes, he's ruined the entire <laughs> film and the series for everybody. Thanks for that, Stephen. Uh, Ollie Fisher, this is a good one, Cosy. Best food ever consumed at an away ground. I'm so tight, I never buy any, but anything
2: yeah. you've bought. Gillingham. I once had a pie at Gillingham and it was like a full pie. You know like you'd get like to split into four for a Sunday dinner? Nice. It was massive. massive it was. It was and you mailed it all? Dillingham, to be fair. Oh, of course I did, yeah. i had about eight <laughs> pints. Coffee, so I needed something to soak it up. So I'd, I'd say my pie at Dillingham was the best thing I've ever eaten. Yeah,
1: because because drama I to, yesterday. I ordered a, a burger and chips, got a burger, £4.10 yesterday, but the chips weren't going to be ready for five minutes and I'd already paid for it. So I asked for a refund, so manager managed to give me a refund back and uh, yeah, drama. But the best... Uh, <laughs> Oh, and United did the best hot dogs I've those ever had. Those hot dogs, they put were massive, top those top weren't they? They were absolutely huge, I remember those. They were at, honestly, Hartlepool were amazing, mate. The, the biggest sausage I've ever put in my mouth is at Hartlepool <laughs> United! <laughs> so... Hopefully we'll never play many times soon, but yeah, I just remember we, that. And then I, rem- I
3: actually up. remember those yeah. those hot dogs being called something specific to uh, the a over? player. No, they, they, they got uh, nicknamed something a to a specific player, which is probably a bit uh, inappropriate for the podcast. But I'll tell you what, cause it last Sunday I went to Headingley, your stomping ground, to watch uh, Jamaica and Ireland and I was actually quite impressed that you could walk outside and order from the the fish and chips. And they had Ross, they had fish and chips and all sorts outside. And my yeah. missus bought some fish and chips. They weren't great, but I was just quite impressed that it was a little bit more than your usual pie and burger and stuff. And I actually thought that was quite cool last week at Headingley. But um, let's have a go. Uh, Liam Cawthor says, another two or three games with no win. Will we get rid? <laughs> I'm not sure about that, <laughs> Liam. Uh, Tom Lee's hit the buffers at both Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday after good starts at both clubs. Do you think he can come good again for us, says HTFC Dukes? I say yes. I think, I think he's improved slightly since um, Fotheringham came in, actually, Lee, so I'm going to say yes. Very quickly, guys. Yes, no?
2: Yeah, I, I, don't uh, think he's a, I don't
1: think he's a bad player. I think he's just dipped in form like many others at that moment. Yeah. We're still missing his loan. He's out with Sonani Corwell. <sighs>
3: Jacob Peel says, Do you see light at the end of the tunnel where pers- performances are of a standard where we can compete with teams?
2: Um, I've not seen that thus far. Yes. But... <laughs> I can't remember if you ever thought, oh, yeah, we've got something about us. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you have them. And we've I, mean, we it. Do, we yeah, I mean,
3: we do compete, don't we? We do compete with teams. It's whether we beat teams really is uh, convincingly. <laughs> is, yeah, convincingly is the other It's thing.
1: a long term, since I can remember 15, I mean, yesterday we're were right, but. 14 opening games where we've been, you can barely remember one or two decent performances. That that's the worrying thing for me. And God, we sacked. As, as in Stephen that college, Chicken wrote, maybe.
3: yeah, as Chicken wrote as well. Every time we've beaten somebody, they've sacked the manager or they've been managerless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, let's have a look. <laughs>
2: them two wins, I think. Have we won two, three, two. I think. There's missed two penalty. games that we've won and all. So. John Broadley (laughs) says, do you think
3: (laughs) John Broadley says, do you think Town fans fans have been too quick to to condemn Mark Fotheringham? Um, Yes.
0: Yeah,
3: 100%. Um, Mike says, most fun at a home game this season without watching the football? That's a tough one. Um, (laughs) i I going to go and watch the football. uh, I'll tell
2: you uh, what, after Preston, I park up on Great Northern Street, which is a uh-oh. Anyone from Huddersfield will know that area. And there were a right argument going on between a lady of the night and a bloke, so I don't know what's going on there. That'll quite funny, trying to walk past that with a kid. Was it was it Cosy
3: to right its cost of living increases again? <laughs> 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 um, I tell you what, I'm not, I'm not so much a home game, but an away game at Fulham we played. When we lost 5-0 at Fulham a few years ago, went to watch that, and um, we were quite high up at the back of the stand, and there was a boat race going on. There was a lot of... Um, rowing going on on the Thames that you could just see because they were redoing that stand so you could actually see into the Thames over and there was quite a few rowing races going on and the game was that shit and we were that shit at that point
1: I stopped and watched the rowing for about 10
3: minutes that was, that was <laughs> all
1: right. One thing I, I remember one incident and I saw, again I saw it in uh, Benidorm last week because a guy set fire to his chest air in a way of <laughs> Charlton Athletic and it, uh, and So it, it wasn't I a chest wanker think- I don't know if you've ever been, when it's ever happened near you, but it absolutely stings. It feels like you're going through smoking around Body Shop. And, uh, but someone did it in Benidorm last week on a stage and it absolutely... I knew what would come in from that Charlton incident, so I just moved. It was stung. Why would you want to sit fire right to your chest there, man? Benidorm,
2: I think that's man. a great,
3: great moment to end the podcast, isn't it?
1: <laughs> on,
2: let's, just,
3: let's just leave everybody with... The thought, why would anybody ever burn their chest hair, singe their chest hair? That's it. Thanks for listening this week, and we'll be back again next week. Catch you soon.
0: There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is edified. And all